your uh, your sound was was uh, pinging in and out. Was it toward the uh, end of that interview? Yeah. So I don't know if it's gonna sound good on your end or not, but for me it was. Uh, it might have been my connection. I don't know, but it was. Was it that sounding thing rough? Like, was it that thing where it's like? What's going on? Uh, I don't know. Jennifer's sitting next to me. Oh, hi, Jennifer. Gord says hi. I'm about to start our podcast. Um, I don't know. I'm going to be interrupted by kids asking me questions. I have uh, started watching a TV show called Mr. Mercedes, just based on a series of novels by Stephen King. And one of the characters looks a lot like Jennifer. And somebody else, but I can't quite figure out who. Jennifer was always told that she looked like the band camp girl from American Pie, Allison Hannigan. And we were watching an episode of, what was it? How I Met Your Mother. No. <laughs> well, she was on that. Oh, no, no. We were watching a Disney movie. Uh Flora and Ulysses, and she plays the mom in it, and uh, and yeah. So Gordon says there's another someone on TV that looks like you. Speaking of looking like characters, uh, when I started working at the Herald very early on, um, you and John made a point to tell me that I looked like uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Presbelowski from The Wire. And uh, I'm, I've am uh, i just finished season two of The Wire after my, this is my third go around with it. And uh, every time I see Presbelowski, I think of um, you guys telling me that. And there's a little bit there. There's a little bit there. Yeah, but that was, that was surpassed by uh, the character from Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thomas Middleditch. Yes, Middleditch. Yeah, I see that too, and uh, um, he's great on that show, but then uh, Jennifer and I saw um, his, uh, his uh, oh shoot, improv. improv, thank you, his improv, his improv show on Netflix with uh, Schwartz, Ben Schwartz, um, who's also in Florida and Ulysses, this is all coming around, and uh, if you haven't watched it, it is, it's pretty brilliant, it's really good, so. I'll have to look Even though I'm not a huge fan of improv, but well, this is some great local content we're providing. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, while we're on TV, uh, yeah. we're watching Ted Lasso. Uh, Jason Sudeikis. It's on the Apple Plus Network, which I got a free one-year subscription to, and it's a uh, it's a really good show. It's about a uh, American football coach who's hired to coach a uh, a soccer team in England because the owner of the team wants to it's kind of like major league she wants to get back at her husband and bury the team so she picks what she thinks is going to be the most terrible hire in the world and turns out he's uh he's kind of really good at what he does and it's just a really feel good feel good show 
Like if you like, it's a, it's a lot different from the wire. It's like a wire palate cleanser. Right, right. I just got through with season two with the uh, the season about the docks, which starts out really slow, but then it, the last half of that season is just really, really good. I think that's my favorite season. Is it? Yeah. Is, is not the season five with the, with the newspaper? Well, season five is objectively the worst season. Is it? Yeah. See, I'm, I have to, I have I to go back. And, I don't think it's bad at all, but one, it's short. Season five yeah. is shorter. And two, um, I think that a lot of people miss the, the whole point of what happens there is that in his critique of the media, the story suddenly becomes very sensational and unrealistic. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I guess the fact that so many people didn't get that kind of soured it for me. But I so like I, and I found the, the newsroom stuff to be actually pretty realistic. Well, see, that's what that's I and you know I'm like I'm about to get through all that again, but um I remember what I liked about season five was that they actually got the newsroom stuff pretty pretty close. Yeah. Um I was watching a movie just this week where um a reporter came out to do a book review or a, a feature story on um on an author and in the movie, the author doesn't uh, appear like they have their stuff together. And so the feature writer is like just really snooty and really, um, uh, you know, really judgmental of this writer. And and they write for a small town community newspaper. And so it was like, you know, in real life, that feature writer doesn't care. <laughs> They're right. just out to do a story, toss some softball questions and and get the story done, but it showed the paper the next day and it said something like author doesn't have their stuff together. And it's like, no, that would never happen. It would never happen. And I've, so I, I've recently picked a show I, that, that I just, I needed to have no stakes. You know, I needed it to be something I can almost watch in the background. And so I picked Blue Bloods because it has a lot of uh, actors from The Sopranos. Um, and man, let me tell you this show. Um, Every lawyer, unless they're a prosecutor, is is a, a bad guy or suspect at best, and and every member of the media is just an absolute slime ball. And uh, I, I've been thinking about that a lot. That the media is very often negatively portrayed on these on these procedurals because all we care about is just um, you know undermining and getting the story and. Yeah, and uh, I'd have to go back and do a list of the worst portrayals in the media. Um, I got suckered into watching uh, a movie called Never Been Kissed with Drew Barrymore, where she's... Uh, she go she, undercover at high she school? She goes undercover at a high school for a newspaper. Yeah. It, just the amount of dollars and resources that would go into doing that, and it... It was the probably the most unrealistic newspaper um, movie I'd ever seen in my life, and I couldn't even get past that. Like whatever the story was, you know, uh, it could have been a great movie. I don't know, but I couldn't get over how poorly, uh, you know, it's like it's like if I were to write a a screenplay about law enforcement <laughs> having never stepped foot inside. Right. 
a uh, a sheriff's office yet um yet basing everything i know based on a few movies that i've seen where all the characters are stereotypes that's that's what most of these movies are let me ask you this because i've never seen that movie but was was the high school aware that they had an undercover reporter enrolled or, or was it or was that held back from them because can you oh, imagine man. like calling up calling up the high school and being like hey um this is billy from durant we're gonna send some <laughs> we're gonna send an adult um into your school posing as a teenager um to write a story about what it's like to be in high school yeah uh, and then, and then I, uh, further imagine the principal going well, all right well i can happily Whatever. say i don't remember it's been a while since I've seen the movie. I want to say that the school was unaware. Okay. I want to say that, but but then aren't there all sorts of legal ramifications? I mean, they had to have been aware, right? And yeah. Mm. I remember the high school I went to in Wilmington in ninth grade. There was a uh, there was an undercover police officer enrolled for a little while, posing as a student. Uh huh. Like how old were they? I don't know. I I never saw him, but it came out, you know, after he closed his case or whatever. That I think of the Steve Buscemi meme where yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's wearing the shirt that says rock band on it or something like that. Right. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I, if you're 21 years old, you could pose as a high school senior, maybe. I always, I always looked young for my age, and uh, when I was in my twenties, I, I don't think I do anymore. But when I was in my twenties, um, I still looked like I could pass maybe for either early college or late high school. And there were a few times I had to go to a high school to write a story or to cover an event, and more than one time where I was asked for my hall pass or, mm-hmm. or. Uh, asked which class I was supposed to be in at the time. And uh, so I always thought, you know what? I could probably go undercover at high school and do that story if I was ever asked. But uh, Billy yeah, those, in, never been kissed. <laughs> those, days, <laughs> those days are long gone. All right, so our guest this week is Lee County's Parks and Recreation Director, Joseph Keel. Um, thanks for coming on, Joseph. I thought uh, hey. you guys have some um, some registration dates coming up for uh, for some some sports. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about that, so that anybody listening who's interested in that might um, you know be able to to get online and do that. Yeah, thank you, Gordon. Um, yeah, the big registrations we have going on now. We're trying to get back to uh, recreating through right. a pandemic. So. Uh, softball for adults which will be played at Lett Park out in Broadway. Um, the deadline to uh, register there is March 5th. So March 5th, um, make sure you have your team rosters put in. Uh, last fall we ran a very successful uh, adult soft program with uh, 10 teams and uh, this year we're looking to grow that to you know, 14 or 16 teams. Wow. Playing playing every day during during the week and um, you know, 
a lot of people think parks and recreation is, is all about the uh, youth, but there's also a big need for the adult side of programming. So this is uh, yeah. one facet that we have. So, uh, But speaking of the youth, uh, the exciting stuff, uh, we're building a T-ball complex um, out at O.T. Sloan. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so we had to figure out a way uh, to get our T-ball participation um, at, at one park. You know, last spring before the pandemic hit, we had almost 300 T-ball participants signed up. And we were going to have to spread them throughout the county. And uh, me as a parent looking at it going, man, I, this is this is not how I would want to have to spend my Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays traveling from park to park. So we're, uh, we're in the process of building a, a T-ball complex. It's just T-ball fields. Uh, it's four, four fields. And that gives us the opportunity to say, OK, parents, you want to sign up for T-ball? Uh, we can make sure we can put some structure in place and have um, your child out here on Mondays and Wednesdays or Tuesdays and Thursdays. And you know exactly where you're playing at, you know exactly what days that you're going to be on. Um, so it lets families play. Um, you, you know what you're signing up for before you even sign up. So um, the deadline to register for, for uh, T-ball, baseball, and softball is, is March 12th. Um, T-ball registration, as we thought, is coming in very swiftly. Um, so we, we know we're going to have really good numbers in T-ball. Um, and if you're a three- and four-year-old, you're going to be on Mondays and Wednesdays at OT Sloan. And if you're a five- and six-year-old, you're going to be on Tuesdays and Thursdays at OT Sloan. So you don't have to worry about looking at this schedule, figuring out what park you're going to be at tonight, and what time you're going to be at, and what day that that your practices, you know, up front. Okay. That, that was actually news to me. I don't know if you knew that, Billy, but I, I was not aware that of the T-ball all in one place. So that's, that's, that's pretty big. Where, um, how, how can people register? They go to the LeeCountyNC.gov and click Parks and Rec, or is there a, is there anything? Yep, so there's a, there's a couple of different ways. Uh, we're, we're encouraging everyone to take advantage of our online system, uh, RecPro. You can get to that uh, from the Lee County Parks and Rec website. Um, there's also a link on our Facebook page that you can get to. Um, but of course, there's some uh, parents that just love to come and see us. And we, we still invite you to come to our office uh, at 2303 Tramway Road. Um, and you, you can sign up in person. Okay. Okay. Um, and can you talk about the fees, what it costs to do this? Yeah. So uh, for the adult softball, we'll start back there again. Uh, the county uh, fee, if you are a Lee County um, uh, resident, it's $325 per, per team and then a $15 um, fee per participant on, on your team. Um, so my, my wife, uh, my wife sent me this link that, uh, about your adult softball league and I <laughs> responded I said why are you sending this to me and I think she was trying to hint to me that I need to get out of the house more and I need to uh, um, I need to you know get involved and, and do something where you know I'm not at my computer all day so my question about adult softball is just how competitive <laughs> is it because I haven't played softball in at least 15 years and and uh, I haven't played anything competitive and even longer than that. So 
if I if I was an adult looking to get out of the house during after a year of quarantining, um, just how good are these leagues? Yeah. Uh, so what we noticed last fall was there was a a broad spectrum. You know, we have some teams that live and die for adult softball, and then we have some teams kind of like Billy. They get you know we get to put a team together just to get out out of the house. So uh, there there will be different brackets or different divisions so billy you would sign up for uh you know group b and group group b is going to be the everyday average joe person who wants to go out there and just have fun um, K first base yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no alcohol in the parts billy oh, okay sorry <laughs> different different uh, but, league <laughs> yeah that's right but then, you know, we have some teams that, uh, you know, travel and do this on a, on a regular basis. They're okay. going to be our, 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 our group A. So um, now you may have a game against a group A team from time to time, but the majority of your games will be within your group. Okay. Well, if there's anybody else out there who, who uh, is considering this, let me know. And maybe we'll put together – a really terrible rant sponsored team. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to seeing that Billy. That would be great. Um, so my kids play um, uh, county sports and, and youth sports and, uh, um, and we took a break from it. I think like a lot of parents did uh, yeah. in the spring last year, just because, well, first I think the leagues all shut down for a while, but then even when they got started back up, um, there was just uncertainty about it. And then I think we got back involved in the fall and never had a problem with it. I think parents were pretty good about, you know, socially distancing and, and all that. But um, what, are, what are some of the, I guess, um, changes put in place during this pandemic to, to make, you know, to, to make parents feel more comfortable, you know, having their kids out there doing that and, and for them to feel more comfortable being around other people like that. What, what are some of the guidelines you guys put into place? Yeah. So I'll, I'll reach back, talk about the fall briefly, Billy, since you brought that up, you know, mm -hmm. the, in the fall, the uh, restrictions were uh, pretty strict. Um, so we sat down and put together bubbles where we had bubbles of two teams in one bubble. Um, now that we're looking at the, at the restrictions that are put in place, we're able to kind of make those bubbles a bit bigger. So this coming up spring teams will still be in bubbles, but you'll be in a bubble with three or four teams. Um, you know, this fall was weird because if you were the Braves, you played the Yankees every single night that you had games. That was your yeah. bubble. At least this spring, we're able to put you in some sort of a bubble, but you'll be in a bubble with more than just that, that one team. Um, so we're also encouraging that the parents bring uh, the equipment for their child. Uh, we will have equipment on site and we will be sanitizing that equipment, but we're trying to limit the amount of equipment that's being uh, given out. And then we're going to have the bleachers will be caution taped off. So we don't want people sitting on the bleachers congregating together. Um, parents are encouraged to bring their own fold out chair. And each participant will be allowed to bring two adults. Um, and then, of course, if you have siblings, uh, they will be allowed as well. But we don't want, uh, you know, Johnny bringing 
10 of his family members to come watch the t-ball game or a baseball game and we end up having over 100 people so right. we, we will be at the entrance monitoring the uh the the adults coming in and i know you said interest is up heading into the spring um do you think it's just because uh parents feel more comfortable doing this now yeah, I think there's a couple of factors that I that I can put a finger on, and and one of those is providing the structure that we have now. Uh, parents are more willing to commit to something if they know what they are committing to, so they know that they're going to be at this park on these days, and it just it just makes it easier for a family to plan plan around that. And then too, like Billy was kind of hitting on, they've been at their house or they haven't been involved in organized sports in probably 12 months. So um, the itch is on. Yes. You are, um, you're relatively new to the department. Well, I don't, you're relatively new in your position. Can you talk about how you came here? Were you with the department before uh, John Payne retired and just that sort of thing? Yeah. Uh, so I came from Solid City Parks and Rec. Okay. Uh, I was the uh, Parks and Recreation uh, director there and uh, I was there for about four years and um, I lived in Lee County lived in Sanford for going on 12 years okay. and when this position uh, became uh, vacant I said this is this is it this, this is basically my my dream job to come back home and be the Parks and Rec director where you live and have that you know direct impact on the parks that are right up the street from you so uh, I've always been highly motivated, but now uh, to be able to have the impact uh, on the park system where you live is highly motivated. Right, right. Well, and it's it's a big time um, for, for parks in this area. The commissioners have had some recent announcements about, um, you know, commitments to, to some places that have, you know, not been open in recent years. And... Um, you know, we've got this, uh, the, the bond passed for the uh, sports complex. What is it like coming into the job at this time when there's, there's just so much going on? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a blessing. I mean, there's, I talk with colleagues throughout the state on a, on a day, daily basis. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm able to tell them about these projects that we're doing. Um, and there, a lot of departments aren't able to do capital projects right, right now. But we have uh, a lot of support, which is a good thing to have. And we're, we're knocking out projects that, that need to be done now. And um, really, this is the time to do them because staff is uh, not inundated with leagues of 500 kids right now. So let's work on what we can work on. Right. And what we can work on is our enhancements to our parks and, um, you know, increasing our uh, uh amenities to the parks and um it's i guess it's just a great a great time here in lee county we've asked we've asked a few guests um on this podcast the same question uh, about the sports complex but uh, you um you know you, you live this stuff so uh can you talk about a little bit uh just what first off where are we on the sports complex i know it got approved back in um, November and I know there's still red tape we got to cut through, but 
Um, do you have a, an idea of when things might get started on that uh, just because of your um, just because of your position and your involvement? And then when it is built, uh, what what do you what what do you see the impact being uh, on the community here? Yeah. So uh, on your first question, Billy, the uh, sports complex is still just you know being being talked about right right now. Uh, there's lots of discussions between the county manager and uh, the board of commissioners. Um, our first step, I think, is going to be purchasing property. Um, but the board of commissioners have have seven years to um, act on the bonds, and um, right now. With everything else going on, um, you know, we're trying to get some of these other park projects knocked out. And ultimately, my goal uh, for this department is to upgrade our, all our existing parks uh, in the next five to seven years and have our existing parks um, up to par before we start on the sports complex. Because we don't want to have to upgrade existing parks and build a sports complex at the same time. We want to have what we got up to par first. And there were some announcements um, about that recently. Like I said, commitments to to upgrading all the parks. Can you talk about what some of those some of those things are going to be, and and when when folks can expect them to to happen? Yeah. So if you go around now and look at look at uh, the Lee County Park System, it looks like a construction zone. Uh, uh-huh. There are yeah. So uh, construction is. Uh, underway now, uh, August 31st, um, all the parks should be completed. Uh, main takeaways of what, what you should see uh, come August 31st is updated playground equipment, um, new tennis courts, new pickleball courts, uh, sidewalks, parking lots. Um, I know that's kind of the boring stuff, sidewalks and parking lots, but it does really make a big difference when you have a nice sidewalk that goes from the parking lot to the playground. Right. Um, but the playground equipment, um, I'd love to, to uh, speak on that some. The, the pieces that we're getting um, are going to be real eye-catching and have a lot of play value. Um, something that we haven't seen here in Sanford yet in Lee County is a really monstrous playground piece. Yeah. Um, so like it's going to be, it's, yeah, it's going to be pretty amazing. I mean, Gordon, I can see you going by and going, you know what? I want to get on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, again, August 31st park should be completed. And that'll be phase one. Uh, we've already got a plan for phase two. Um, so when that's funded, we'll, we'll keep this momentum going. And just to be clear, which which parks are we talking about? Because there are some that fall into the city and, uh, you know, the average person may get them confused. Which parks are we talking about that the county is responsible for? Right. So the four parks that we're doing now are Kiwanis Children Park, uh, Horton Park, Temple Park, and O.T. Sloan. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of questions about um, Temple Park. Because it's obvious when you drive by that, that something big is happening there. Can you yeah. talk a little bit about what's what's going out there? Yes. Yeah, so the, in phase one, we're, we're basically just trying to lay the groundwork um, to get to phase two. So we've gone in and taken out the existing fence that was there for the ball field that was in bad shape, 
we're addressing uh, some some drainage, some runoff water, and some some failed drainage pipes um, that were running through through the park, and uh, we're going to be building a a, um, a monument for the Sanford Spinners. Oh wow! In so be nice to have that right right on the corner, um, and then we're going to add some half court basketball courts. Wow! Um, so, and then of course in phase two, you know, um, that's when the playground equipment will come, and that's when the restrooms will come. And uh, but right now we're just trying to get the park ready. Sure, sure. And um, we've gotten a lot of questions over, you know, the last several months about about Horton Park and. Um, and what's going on out there. And I'm not intimately familiar with everything at Horton Park, but I understand there used to be a pool there and that it's been closed. What, what's the status and the plans for Horton Park? Yeah, so uh, to reach on the pool, uh, another exciting thing that just kind of came out a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. um, we are going to uh, go in and, and renovate the pool. Okay. Um, and staff is looking at a, a pool splash pad combination. Uh, okay. So we're we're about a, we're probably about a, a little over a year out from completing that that project. But um, yeah, the pool was built in 1955 and it was shut down about 10 years ago. Um, so we're going to go in and uh, gut the bathhouse and reconfigure it and bring it back up to code and um, go into the the, the pool itself and uh, reconfigure the pool and between the pool and the new basketball courts and uh, the new playground equipment, that park is going to see a dramatic facelift. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. Well, um, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but is there anything else that you think we need to know or that, that people listening should know about that's, that's happening with Lee County Parks and Recreation? Yeah, I, I would just end on the uh, current registration for baseball, softball, and t-ball. Um, we are excited to get back to programming. Uh, we are excited to, to get kids back out and get kids back active. And, and again, just get back to uh, this new normal that we're in. And um, that, that new normal is, is a bit different than what we were going to see, you know, last spring or the spring before that. But um, to be able to get out and have a spring baseball season, uh, I'm just happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, you want to do you want to repeat those deadlines and maybe um, you know where people can find you online, both the website and your uh, social media? Yeah. Uh, so the baseball, softball, t-ball is March 12th. Um, and then the adult softball is March 5th. And Lee County um, nc.gov, we can, uh, that's where, our, that's where our, our website is. And then we also have a Facebook page, LCG Parks and Recreation. Okay, great. Well, uh, Joseph, thanks so much for your time and thanks for uh, letting us help you get the word out about this stuff. Hey, thank you, Gordon. Thank you, Billy. Thank you. Oh. kilo of crystal meth, a kilo of heroin, and a pound of marijuana. Those are, so, those are large amounts 
Well, so I was, yeah. So I, I hear, I hear those terms and I've been hearing those terms for 20, 30 years now. Um, and I still, if you were to lay down eight different size bags in front of me and, or, and say, which one is a kilo, I would have no idea. So how, how big is a kilo? Well, it's a, it's a weight, but I mean, when I've seen cops, like a, a kilo kilos, of cocaine, how big is that? I mean, it's, um, I'm trying to think like, imagine it's like a freezer bag. So the, yeah, maybe like a, you do meal delivery kits. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the frozen goop that comes that keeps it cold, that bag. Yeah. Imagine yeah. like two or three of those, I want to say. Maybe even okay. four. It's a large amount of drugs. Yeah, that's uh that's an amount that's that's not for personal consumption. Right, right. <laughs> no, I didn't know if that was his. He just uses that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's like one of everything. So yeah. you know, if if that was personal use, they would be Probably have a really great time. So going back to the the wire, it makes you wonder, you know, all these cities and all these towns have a system of uh, where it begins, how it how it's distributed, where it goes. And and then, you know, ultimately um, how you buy it. And and, uh, I'd be fascinated to know what that system is here locally. I, I know it's. There's more than one, and I know it's probably not as uh, organized as as it's portrayed in in the the show. But it would be interesting to to see what that hierarchy system is here. Yeah, I mean it exists, and I I talked at length with uh, members of the sheriff's office drug team last year when I did my ride alongs. And yeah, that's that structure exists, but I think a lot of it is. Um, the, the, the higher you go, the more, the, the quicker you get out of town. I mean, it's, it's coming in here from, you know, bigger cities and it's coming to the bigger cities from other places. It, and well, yeah, being so close to 95 and 95, is a, you know, I'm always told that that's why North Carolina is uh, considered such a, uh, an opioid hotbed is because of the I-95 and I-85 corridors up along the East Coast, it's just so easy to distribute it and to get it here that way. So uh, I imagine, you know, we're not that far away from that. And then we've got US-1 as well. So uh, Yeah, very early in um, my career at the, the Herald, I, I had to go to Smithfield to cover a trial. And rather than have me drive back and forth every day, the, the Herald put me in a hotel and connected me with the newspaper in Smithfield. Um, so that I could do my work there. And um, I stayed in one of those I-95 hotels. And, oh, no. <laughs> uh, remember Herald publisher Jeff Ayers told me, uh, Gordon, you're going to be able to just uh, stick your hand out the window and get some drugs. <laughs> and I was like, I think what I'll be doing is closing and locking the door and cowering in fear. Uh I uh, I've told this story. I know a few, to a few people. I don't know if I've ever said it on here, but um, when Jennifer and I were just married or or living, we were living together in Houston in an apartment. Um, it wasn't a bad part of Houston by any means. It was uh, you know just a regular apartment complex in a regular area. But every morning I would get up, I'd put on 
you know, jogging pants or pajama pants or whatever. And I'd go walk the dog. And, uh, one morning I kind of haphazardly put on the pants and, and, uh, uh, Superman pajamas (laughs) and, uh, and one, and one of my, uh, one of my legs in the pajamas wasn't all the way down. It was like at my knee. And so I'm walking. um, Yeah. Yeah. That's a signal. And I had, well, I, you know, I don't know this. I had no idea. And so I'm walking with, uh, I'm walking my little Jack Russell Terrier with Superman pajamas on. And this guy kind of rolls up slowly to me and kind of nods at me and says, uh, I, I don't know. And I can't remember if it signaled that I'm buying or if I'm selling, but you know, he kind of, he kind of pulled up to me and gave me the, the, you know, nod, like, um, you you want some or you got some or something like that and i went complete nerd in that moment i was like oh i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> and he just gave me that that really uh that he shook his head like in disgust and rolled up his window and drove away <laughs> oh boy so uh <laughs> so that was my my very quick foray into the drug the drug world <laughs> Sounds like you're really cut out for the job. (laughs) Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about was um, we are, it's all in context, but I mean, it looks like we're finally starting to kind of get around the bend on COVID uh, here locally. And I, I, you know, the the numbers have no reason to be different elsewhere, but we've had three weeks in a row where the number has gone down and gone down significantly. Now, if you told me uh, a year ago that we'd be happy to have only 107 new cases in a week, um, I, think that I, thought we that same, I, th- I thought that same thing. I saw that number this week, and my first reaction was, um, that's great. And then I thought, you, you rewind a year from now, and if we would have said we had 100 new cases this week, we would have, you know... everything would have been shut down and we'd be Mm -hmm. freaking out right now. So, um, but no, that's really good news. And uh, you know, with people I know now starting to get vaccinated and, and uh, the place where I work is starting to uh, vaccinate people now. Um, This is the first time in a long time that I've felt like this is going to end. Right. Maybe, Maybe not now, maybe not in a few months, but, that it's going to end things will eventually get back to normal and and that's a really good feeling yeah well, I, mean, I mean january was just such a crazy month for it you know you had weeks where it was like 320 new cases and it's just like oh my god and i just, just kept going up and kept going up and then boom you have two where it's 160 two weeks in a row and then this past week 100 and I think it was 107. I mean, that shows to me the vaccines are working. Yeah, I noticed the county's not not giving that number of current cases anymore. Yeah, and I've asked if that number will be provided and not gotten a response. So maybe I need to renew that inquiry. Maybe it's more difficult to keep up with. Could be.
Yeah. Yeah, it did that. It did that once, and then you also sounded like you were twenty feet away at one point. Mm-hmm. Sounds different. Sounds better now. So maybe it was. Yeah, I didn't. I guess you don't hear your own when it happens. Yeah. Because you slowed down once, but it was just once. I did that on purr. purr, purr. <laughs>